Good evening and welcome. It's Friday night. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. And what would we rather be doing on a Friday night other than sitting here talking about things like Joe Biden's town hall meeting yesterday? There's nothing that gets us more exciting going into a weekend than talking about things like this, particularly with our two wonderful guest panelists we have tonight. Nikki is returning with us. Nikki, this is twice in one week. This is true. It's a real treat. It is. What I don't. I don't know. My life is really going downhill. <laughs> downhill. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, if, if you're going downhill, you're bringing. I'm really honored to be here. You, I'm totally teasing. You're bringing Thank your you friend. You're bringing your friend Chase with you because you recommended Chase join us. So Chase, welcome. Glad to have you here for the first time tonight. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. And Britt, it's always nice to see you. You look chipper. What? You look like you're ready to go. I oh, do want to stop lying. I know. I'm just saying. These are I things saw that I... you. I saw you <laughs> popping Adderall and Advil and taking that whiskey. Maybe Advil. Yeah. You saw me. Yeah. You know. I do well, have a score to you know. settle with you first, though, Britt. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of all of oh, this. Boy. So I'm going to play a clip from last night. No, it's fast food. It's more like going into a going into like a Taco Bell or Burger King or whatnot. But it's Mexican food. But they make the beans fresh. The cheese is grated. Fr- I didn't say whatnot that time. Yes, you did. I know I didn't. Oh, you no, abs- I did not. You play have- the cake back. I, <laughs> you I, I, think, absolutely I think you're did. messing with me. Nope. I think you're messing nope. with me. It's all here. Um, it's all it's all on uh, yeah. recorded. So okay. So uh, I don't know if you caught it, uh, but Britt's reaction to no. what, it, what had happened I didn't there hear was it. all right. Listen. But they make the beans fresh. The cheese is grated. Fr- I didn't say whatnot that. Okay, this is where you're denying. No, I didn't. Oh, you no, I did not. Okay, here's the clip. No, it's fast food. It's more like going into a going into like a Taco Bell or Burger King or whatnot. But it's Mexican food. Hear it? But they make the beans. No, it's fast I, food. No, it's I, like I don't hear nothing. Going into like a Taco Bell or Burger King or whatnot. But it's Mexican food. It's very fast. I I think I think we need to refer to the two non-partial individuals that are listening. I didn't hear anything that said whatnot. All right, did Nikki? You heard the whatnot in there, didn't you? I plead the fifth. <laughs> Chase, Chase, you're new. You got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose, Chase. Did you hear the whatnot? I didn't hear the whatnot, but I definitely noticed the sniffing. <laughs> All right. Listen closely. Oh, man. All right. Right after Burger King. So, Britt, I just wanted to clear that up. Man, because, I, what? Yeah. Man, I said that fast. I didn't even yeah, realize well, I said it. Wait, I'm working on a compilation of Brit's unfinished sentences, and we're going to play a game one night where we'll play the first part oh, of the sentence, and then we'll have people in chat finish the sentence for you, because you you talk, you actually think faster than you talk, so you get ahead of yourself, you don't finish sentences, you move That's right true. on to the next one, so it's pretty, it's quite a talent, but we'll have Keep fun up. with that, we'll have fun with that. Anyway, let's get started oh, with, with what's been going on. We Listen, I have to, I have to uh, admit something here, um, it took, I, I tried to download the... Uh, Biden town hall earlier in the day and there was an error in the download so I had to do it later in the day I had three hours to get this thing clipped up and write comments and and figure out exactly what I was going to say and what we're going to talk about but there were so many moments in this town hall Biden's town hall with Anderson Cooper last night on CNN so many moments that uh, I got most of what I wanted clipped out but I didn't get the prepared you know notes on it so we're going to kind of do this on the fly we'll play these comments i'm i'm sure that they'll be self-evident as we do it but before we get to that brit we knew this was coming the world health organization has officially said that the coronavirus pandemic could easily drag on deep 
into 2022. Nikki, what happens in 2022, particularly in November of 2022? Um, let's see. I was just thinking about what what it could rhyme with, and then I embarrassed myself <laughs> with what the, the word. Yeah, I know. Yeah, don't use that word. Do not use that word. <laughs> I'm crushing. Oh, oh. oh yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, yeah, that that's that's going to be um, so. That's going to have effects on the voting process, I would assume, as well as. Uh, how people vote. Chase, uh, this article about this particular statement by the World Health Organization says that the WHO, which recently deemed climate change as the single biggest threat facing humanity, still believes the pandemic could drag on well into the next year, particularly if efforts to get vaccinations to poorer countries fail. Is this a setup so that uh, the federal government can step, our federal government, here in the United States can step in and ensure that these mail-in ballots and a lot of the shenanigans that we saw in 2020 uh, can continue in this uh, midterm election that's coming up? Yes. <laughs> Straight to the point. You're going to fit in very, very well here. Thank you. Britt, you must have some thoughts on oh this particular God. thing because we've been, we've been saying this was, this was the setup for a while. Yes, I mean it is. They have to. They're 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 terrified right now. Trump, Trump, when when, when Trump, um, when Trump can pull a rally with sixty thousand people that show up ish and uh, almost a million watch online, uh, that scares the hell out of him. Joe Biden can't even fill a stadium, uh, an arena, hell, a, a high school basketball gymnasium in his own hometown of Scranton. Uh, when when Joe Biden drives around whenever he's going somewhere, there are more Trump supporters and anti-Biden people on the motorcade than there are Biden supporters by at least tenfold. So they're terrified. They absolutely know they are in. They are hip deep in dog doo doo. And the only way that they are going to keep power, and believe me, the the establishment, the elites, the Davos crowd, the billionaires, the Soros, the Bloombergs, the Steyers, the and I can keep going on. They ha there is no way in hell they can let Trump get back in. They cannot let their people not win in 2022 and 2024. All the stops are being pulled out. This they're just laying the groundwork right now. And you watch now. The only you watch. Uh, I was going to move on without finishing the sentence. You watch. They're going to do everything they can. <laughs> Mellon ballots, all the same shit they did in 2020. They're going to pull from the same playbook. What will be interesting is to see how many of the masses will the 35, 40, 45% loyalist to the America first agenda. Will we take it? Will we lay down and go, okay, we're just not going to, or are we going to stand up and say, oh, hell no. And it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. We're going to watch this play out, and of course, we're going to hear more and more about this. They're already talking about the next variant because Delta variant is seems to be becoming or coming under control. They're talking about the next one. Uh, that's that. Uh, in fact, there's places in China that are shutting down, places around the world, Russia, other places that are now going into lockdown. Um, I want to change the subject here, though. Again, we're going to move through some of this pretty quickly. We talked about this a little bit last night, Britt, but the. Uh, Remember the National School Board Association sent a letter to the Biden White House talking about its uh, need for federal laws to be applied against parents who were uh, intimidating school board members, particularly the Patriot Act. And uh, then right. about, a, about a week later, uh, Attorney General Merrick 
Garland issues a statement saying that the FBI will indeed be investigating some of these incidents. And even if they don't investigate anything, it's enough of a chilling effect that it will impact how people feel comfortable addressing their school boards uh, in when they're there to talk about their children's education. Probably one of the most important things parents have to uh, to monitor and to be involved in. Um, Nikki, it's now determined that the uh, NSBA is actually was in communication with the White House and the Department of Education for weeks before that letter was written to the Biden administration. It was portrayed as though it was just kind of a random letter that was sent because they were concerned. But no, in fact, this had been somewhat coordinated with the White House, Nikki. So then the question is, how many state officials does it take to write a letter? Um, I mean, that's obviously very concerning. Um for many reasons. One, in, in the ways in which they're overstepping boundaries, in my opinion. Obviously, I only know what I'm reading that's somewhat superficial in in the, the news coverage about what parents are um, standing up against or standing for, which is well within their rights to do so. And, and so they should because their children's education is at stake. Um, but you know, so so the fact that this is what those um, governmental organizations are spending their time and resources focusing on, and uh, meanwhile, I'm sure there are much bigger threats to national security than than parents who who want to have influence over their children's education. Uh, you have to think there's. There's more to it in terms of what their objectives really are and what they're trying to deter from the general public. Chase, the FBI isn't necessarily one of our intelligence organizations. Uh, they are focused on domestic issues primarily. But to address Nikki's point here, we saw China launch a hypersonic missile and the intelligence community of the United States said they were taken by surprise. And it's a major issue. It's a major development in the balance of power in the world. But yet the U.S. intelligence community, the largest intelligence community in the world, uh, was taken by surprise. Yet they seem to have plenty of time to chase, quote unquote, domestic terrorists and white supremacists domestically. Yeah, I um, I think there's a couple of things that are concerning here. Uh, the first thing that concerns me with the domestic terrorist um, accusations is, I believe, though I'm not an attorney, that if you are labeled a domestic terrorist, your Miranda rights and other rights can be uh, curtailed. So I don't like to see any situation in which uh, United States citizens are, um, are made more vulnerable to uh, d domestic terror labels uh, or accusations because it seems to me like a very easy way to uh, swiftly violate their human rights. And so that's one, one uh, major concern that I have. The other concern that I have is it, not only the fact that China has developed hypersonic advanced technology that's an incredible national security threat, but the fact that the national security apparatus in the United States responded publicly in such a way, even if it's the case that this technology is far more advanced than anything that could be done in the United States, don't you think the correct response as a, from an intelligence standpoint should have been, oh, they're just now doing that. Like we could have <laughs> at least faked it, like, you know, yeah. and insulted them at the same right. time because the CCP hates to be insulted, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. It's just, this seems like everything they do is just so stupid. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does. Britt, I'm going to change the topic here, but again, feel free to address any. Uh, the Congress, particularly Democrats, is bringing oil and oil industry executives 
up to uh, the Hill to be grilled over a disinformation campaign. Now, you'd think with energy shortages looming around the nation, particularly as we head into home heating season and gas prices uh, approaching record numbers, you'd think that's what they'd want to talk about. But no, 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 no. What they want to talk about is something different. This article says that executives for major oil corporations and industry groups are set to testify before the House Oversight Committee for a hearing aimed at tackling Big Oil's alleged disinformation campaign on climate change. They're worried about the fact that these oil industry execs aren't towing the line, the party line, about climate change. Wow. So real quick, before I get to that, uh, I have a little a blurb here. Uh, breaking news in the wake of yesterday's Free Beacon report, National School Board Association announces, and quote, we regret and apologize for the letter to Biden administration concerning uh, characterizing concerned parents as potential domestic terrorists. So they did a big old letter. They apologized. Uh, they're begging for mercy. Please forgive them. Because all around the country, uh, multiple, multiple, like a lot, like in the several hundreds, uh, uh, the local uh, um, boards of, uh, uh, thank you. What am I trying school to say boards. here? Speaking local school like, boards. Right? Local school thank boards. Thank you, school boards. The local school boards were starting to pull out of the National School Board Association. So they were, they were hemorrhaging uh, members and money and everything, and they're probably getting slammed by everybody. So they, they actually apologize. Now, to the, uh, to the, um, the, the climate change shit. Oh, God, I hate this. It makes me want to vomit stuff. Um, it's all about climate change because if we remember, climate change was the original vehicle they were going to ride into this weird dystopian uh, future that we're in now that COVID gave them the jump stars, like putting nitrous into the climate change thing so they can control us and own us and tell us exactly what to do. But they're not going to give up on climate change because that, you know, they're so used to it. And it also affords, you know, John Kerry to fly around in his private jet. To lecture people about, uh, you know, too big of a footprint. It affords them, uh, they can grift off it, they can campaign, they raise money off of it. Climate change is big business, and it will never end. Just like racism is big business, it will never end. All of the fundraising that these nonprofit groups do, they, they don't want this to go away. They can't have it go away. Because think about it. If in America, if we all got along kumbaya style, like the Oompa Loompas and the Charlie and the Chocolate, if everybody gets along... And it's all fun and games, and there's there's no, you know, the climate is, they, we don't need them anymore. And they can't have that because they're broken in their brains. They have this weird daddy issue or mommy issue. When they were growing up, they, they didn't get the love they needed. So they want to control us and tell us what to do. And they have to know that we are completely dependent on them so that they don't have to go out and get a real job and figure out how to survive for real. Uh, all true, all true. But I'm more concerned with what's happening here. These industry executives are being brought to Capitol Hill to, quote, answer Democrats' accusations that the oil industry knew about and covered up information about the effects of its products on the global climate. Nikki, just like, um, you know, we're seeing with censorship around the country and we're seeing with vaccines and we're seeing with uh, lockdowns, all of these things, it has become basically a crime to disagree with the Democrats and the liberals and the progressives. And this is another example of that. These oil industries aren't, industry executives aren't under any obligation to agree that climate change is the problem that the Democrats say it is, especially when it's, it, it, it basically subverts their business model. They're not under an obligation. The Democrats are going to call them before them and make them bow to them about this. Yeah, I mean, the assumption that they should care and that they do care, I think, is is a little juvenile. Unfortunately, their tactics, these kind of struggle sessions that are becoming more and more common are effective. 
um, you know, kind of how the Netflix executive bowed down to the the public pressure, um, not completely. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that ends up. But yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's a little narcissistic to think or, or delusional to think that big oil companies are highly concerned about the government or sorry about uh, how their effects on the environment and um, are obligated to to you know do everything they can that to save the environment when really they are for-profit companies um, it just seems like a big show to me, to be honest. Their only obligation is to produce the product that they produce, sell it to the American public or around the world, and provide a service to those of us who need it. I could use more of their energy right now because I'm looking at heating oil prices in the Northeast here doubling what they were last year and looking at it, an outrageously expensive home heating season coming up. Um, one of the things this says here, Chase, is that... Uh, uh, they want to ask these executives why they denied time after time the climate crisis. Um, they also say, why do they continue to engage in climate disinformation? Now here, this, this word disinformation or the word misinformation, these Democrats have learned a lot from this COVID experience. They've learned a lot. And we knew early on, those of us who watched this stuff and paid attention, they'd be taking those lessons and applying it everywhere. And now we're hearing disinformation, misinformation come up in the climate discussion. We heard it ad nauseum, and we still do in the COVID discussion. So they're just taking these lessons and applying them everywhere. Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the thing that's interesting about the climate change conversation uh, ties into the WHO statement that we mentioned at the beginning of this, this episode, uh, where they were talking about um, climate change being the greatest threat to um, uh the world, right, and coming in in 2022, and the thing you have to remember about the WHO, as was made abundantly clear with their covering up uh, for China, and that instance in which uh, one of the WHO uh, team members wouldn't even acknowledge the existence of Taiwan, is that the only difference between the WHO and the CCP are the letters. Okay, so anything they say is actually what the <laughs> CCP is saying, and I think that. Um, the push against um, uh, the push for climate change reform is something that China wants to have happen globally because they never adhere to any sort of climate ish climate regulations and they know that it makes it makes them uh, more competitive in a global market right if they can use all the fossil fuels they want without any regulation then they can produce goods at a lower cost so they want everybody else to be crippled by this type of stuff and uh, uh, um, uh, so that they can continue to do business the second thing I want to say is about these committees so it, it makes sense to me that in 1850, Congress would put together an investigation committee or have a hearing, have people show up because everybody could be had to be in the same room and they could all ask their questions at once and it was efficient. There is absolutely no reason that we need to have congressional investigation committees for January 6th that 500 people are already being charged and the FBI is conducting investigations. There's no reason that we need to have hearings about climate change when any one of those senators or congressmen could just make a phone call and any executive would answer a phone call and answer any questions individually. So every time you see a hearing or an investigation being done by Congress, it is only PR. It is only public relations. It is free C-SPAN, boring clips with low resolution cameras in that, in that beautiful room that has been <laughs> repeatedly pissed on, frankly, by, by, our, by our leaders. It's theater. 
and it's an effort. It's an effort to get sound clips and uh, you know short clips for the media that they can use in campaign ads. Britt, do you you want to j- either comment on this stuff? Go to something new before we get into this Biden stuff. Um, I have something that piggybacks on this. So we're talking about climate change and big oil and whatnot. And now I see where you're trying to go Why with that. And, you're right. and don't you know? And, and, and let's not and let's not um, sugarcoat it. The oil companies. You know, they will get away. Every corporation will get away with what they can get away with for the most part. I mean, I don't think they really want to willingly pollute because then they're just losing their product. They want to sell that stuff. So, but they will get away with what they can get away with. So some regulation is an oversight is good. I agree with that. But when the, sure. but when sure. the congressman, this is basically they're twisting their arms behind their back saying, give us campaign donations or we'll keep dragging you up here and dragging you through the mud and going after you. Uh Type thing, uh, but I, I I ran across this article today. Uh, Vladimir Putin to snub Boris Johnson's big climate uh, summit that's coming up, and then in the in the smaller print below it says following reports that Chinese uh, dictator Jing Jinping uh, will likely not be traveling to Glasgow either. So, uh, you know, when you have really the, one of the largest polluters, China, not going up, and then Russia, which is you know another large country and a large polluter, they're not going. They're snubbing their nose at. They're not taking it serious. They look at us and they're laughing at us. You know, China is just laughing their ass off at us as they as they keep building coal-fired, dirty coal-fired power plants, one per week roughly. The dirty ones, the cheap ones to make that they don't give a shit. All the stuff goes up. Not like what we build over here in America with the clean technology, which is actually pretty amazing. Um, uh, there is nothing uh, uh, fair or right or honest about this climate change thing that the politicians are doing. It's a huge grift. They are all getting insanely, insanely rich off of it. Now, before we get into the Biden stuff, I have one thing that you and I, JV, talked about, and I lost my shit before the show on I want to talk about. Um, and that's a, this Merrick Gartland thing that I ran across right, right at the last second. Attorney General Merrick Gartland. Now, this is a video, but I couldn't, I couldn't grab it fast enough because it was right when the show was starting. Uh, so I just grabbed this clip, uh, this screenshot. Uh, today, a white family is 30% more likely to own a home than a black family. This present-day gap in homeownership rates is larger than it was in the 60s. Chase, my question is this. Where, do, where does the vast majority of black Americans live in this country? Urban. Urban Blue cities, cities, right? And who controls yeah. that? Democrats. Right? And housing is always way right, more expensive exactly. in an urban area anyway. Exactly. And what and 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 Nikki, what do you need to be able to get a good job, get some raises, collect some money and buy nice things for, uh, like a home? What do you need to do that? It's like a quiz show. <laughs> it's like a game money? show. It's like Hollywood Square. You need an education. Like, it seems too simple. You, okay. You, sure. You need an education, right? Who controls the education for these black Americans? Mm-hmm. Right? So why is Merrick Garland in my trailer park trying to tell me the white man is at fault for this when it's the Democrats that control the blue cities, control the education, control the educational future of these kids, and he wants to blame us? I'm lost here why they're blaming us for the fact that black I also just find that a – sorry, no, it just seems like also a suspect uh, statistic. Like there's a a lot of, of questions about what that is even based on. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Chase, did you have something to add? I saw you. Yeah, yeah. So I would be very interested to see the graph of inflation si- since the 60s. Uh, 
transposed over the graph of uh, African-American home ownership since the 60s, because it seems to me that since we went off the gold standard, which I know was in the 70s under Nixon, but since we went off the gold standard and we've seen a rapid increase in inflation, that has disproportionately affected communities that were living paycheck to paycheck in the 60s or 70s. So if you're a minority household 50 years ago in the United States and you're living paycheck to paycheck, but you're still getting by and then all of a sudden your money's worth 10% less within the span of 36 months, that can put you on the threshold of homeownership versus not homeownership, life of crime versus not life of crime, both parents working versus one parent working. So honestly, I think inflation has caused the vast majority of our, ra our racial problems and disparities in the United States since 64 when the civil rights movement made all that progress. Oh, interesting. I never thought of it that way, JV. Comment on any of this and then take us into Biden health. Yeah, so... Um you know, you really hit on it. All of you have uh, the fact that uh, most of uh, black America lives in urban population centers, which are run by Democrats. They're being failed by an education system that's run by Democrats. But there's another factor in here as well. Um, the 1960s statistic, it's, it's, it's the beginning of a decade. It's a nice round number, but it would probably be more accurate to look at it from the perspective of, say, 1966, 67, 68, when you had the introduction of the Great Society. The Great Society, Lyndon Baines Johnson introducing the Great Society right after the uh, civil rights movement did more to destroy black America than any piece of legislation or any group of legislation has done since or did before. I think the figures, and I'm, I'm trying to do this from memory, but um, the, the Great Society basically destroyed the black nuclear family. And I think the numbers are something like in 1960, in the early 1960s, only 20% of black households were one-parent households. Now it's like 80%. And uh, that alone will tell you what's happening and why black America is struggling. They've become uh, victims of a federal government that is trying to keep them in a position where they need them. And that is the total story. It's the whole story. And it's why we're seeing the disparities that we're seeing. Um, and it's not just black America, by the way. It's it's poor America. It's it's underprivileged America. America. Um, and, and it happens to be disproportionately black. But uh, that's a good part of the reason. All right. So um, let's move on to this, this Biden uh, fiasco yesterday. I don't know if anybody took the time to watch the whole thing. I did today. Uh, again, looking for clips. The first thing I want, I want to get some opinion here because um, – well, let me play it. Let me play this and I'll ask the question. Are you close to a deal? I think so. You know, look, I've been a, I was a senator for 370 years. <laughs> and, uh, Is that I a laugh never... track? <laughs> Is that a laugh track? I'm going to play it again. Are you close to a deal? <laughs> I think so. You know, look, I've been a, I was a senator for 370 years. <laughs> and uh, it almost, I was never. It almost sounds like it's a laugh track. Nikki, you think it was a laugh track? It totally sounds like a laugh track. I didn't notice it at first because I was so shocked by the statement itself. So it caught me off guard. And I, But no, the, that laughter did not sound organic at all. It didn't sound That's genuine, did it, Chase? It sounded a little overdone for the weak joke that Biden made, which sometimes you're not even sure if it's a joke. Yeah, I think the, um, I think the most alarming thing about the fact that Biden was a senator for 370 years is that <laughs> he used his power to dodge the draft in 63, 1863. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, Brett, next clip. Look, it's all about compromise. You know, it's compromise become a dirty word, but it's bipartisanship and compromise still has to be possible. Okay, so he was asked a question about how, how he's going to get his Build Back Better plan 
through uh, Congress with the current negotiations, and he uses the word bipartisan. Britt, is there anything bipartisan no. about this bill? And secondly, do you think that they've got they've narrowed their worldview to the point where bipartisanship means liberal Democrats and a couple of conservative Democrats? That's bipartisanship in their minds. Yes, and again, again, their playbook is not to us. They know that the, we that are on the show, we're in, we're engaged, we're reading the news. The people that are watching this show, they're all all of our people in chats in the audience. They're engaged. They're they're not going to fall for this. This is for the they're thirty three percent diehard, lick their boots no matter what they say, and then maybe a little more. And they're just trying to get just to the majority. It's for them. This is brainwashing. Keep saying it over and over again. Say the lie confident. Say the lie often, and eventually enough people will believe it. And then you get your way, and that's what they're after here. It, it's not for us. We all see through this, but the leftists, and then maybe if they can get just enough of the quote-unquote independence to fall for it, that's the goal. So I, it's lying. It's straight-up political lying brainwashing, and it works because and it works because they have CNN, MSNBC, ABC News, NBC News, Washington Post, the New York Times, the LA Times. Da, 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 da. They, they're all on the same playbook. They're all doing it, and they don't even have to be told what to do. They just all know what to do. They wink and a nod at each other, and they all march in the same direction. And so someone who, like my girlfriend who is super liberal, she hears it on NPR in her car driving to work, Then she sees some stuff scroll by on her social media from the newspaper rags, and then she sees uh, when she comes home at night, she's laying in bed watching David Muir on ABC News, uh, and he repeats it. She thinks she's seen it from three different sources and believes it because it must be true because it came from three different sources when the reality is – it all tracks back to the same one single source in the White House. The makeup of questions in this particular town hall, I think, and, and I didn't count specifically, but I think it was about 10 questions taken from the audience. And of the 10, they were all introduced. I think six of them were Democrats. Two of them were proclaimed independents, and two of them were Republicans. This is the first question that was asked. My wife and I have two young boys, Arthur and Teddy. However, the cost of childcare is nearly double our mortgage. <laughs> We want to have more children, but even though we earn a good salary now, childcare is so expensive. So how will this new infrastructure plan help middle-class families pay for childcare? Nikki, who wrote that question? Because that man certainly didn't write that question. <laughs> no, he was looking at his notes, right? He didn't write that question. You um, can just tell by the words he used. <laughs> that was not a genuine question from somebody who has two kids and is concerned about childcare. And a, and a wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> two and a half kids. I think it's two and a half kids. Isn't that the average? <laughs> I have a wife. I have a wife. I have a wife. Yeah, that's a, that's a great. It's a great point. It's 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 kind of pathetic. Like they're not even trying. You know, it's like audition a better actor. Yeah. Well, here's here's uh, Biden's attempt to answer some of this. And the way we do that is we provide for the ability to have child care centers funded. The money won't even go to you. You know, you the figure income. You get 7 percent with the total cost. Uh, Chase, did you get it? Uh, did you, I'm not really still not really sure what the hell this is. He was saying there. It sounds like he was trying to say that the government was going to pay for everything except for 7% of the child care, which would be privately funded. Uh, but obviously that worked so well when the government came in and gave everybody loans for college and tuition prices just skyrocketed. But the thing that bothers me so much about this conversation is I think it's actually sort of a red herring in that they're constantly talking about how to make childcare more and more affordable. And what they're neglecting or totally disregarding is the problem isn't that childcare is too expensive. 
problem is that it's impossible for a family to function in America today with only one income owner. And I don't care if it's the mom, I don't care if it's the dad, but there was a time when one person could get an apprenticeship as a plumber, buy a house and raise a family of four without debt in America. And so to me, the problem isn't that childcare is too expensive. It's that both parents have to work. You should have a parent that can be with the kid all day. Chase, last night, <laughs> Britt and I talked about this very, very thing. Uh, we brought yeah. it, We were talking about it in terms of the fact that if you trace a dollar from its origin to its, you know, making the full circle through the economy, 80 cents of every dollar thereabouts is taken in government fees and taxes in some fashion. That is a gigantic monkey on the back of Americans. They have to carry that weight. And that's why both parents have to work. And that's why one of the parents, whether it's the mom or the dad, can't stay home and raise the children. And instead, they have to rely on government-funded programs, whether it's pre-K, whether it's uh, elementary school, whether it's high school, regardless of what it is. It is all government-directed and funded programs that are raising our children. So amen to what you just said, because that is exactly the problem. That is exactly it. Britt, do you want to comment on that before I go to the next clip? I want to thank Nikki for bringing us such a smart person. I mean, I, I feel like I, I feel like the I think I feel like our IQ average just went up a couple notches <laughs> from the group of us that they averaged it out. So, because I mean, I'm a drag on it, so he's definitely counterbalancing me. Um, no, just move on to the next. Okay. We got to hammer down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got a so, lot to get through. So, uh, Anderson Cooper, to his credit, actually asked some decent follow-up questions, and one of the questions he asked. He said, Joe Manchin is against providing these types of services to people who aren't going to work, you know, uh, and, and th these programs that Biden is providing don't, don't just go to people who have jobs. They go to they go to everybody that fall within these categories that they're creating. So here's how uh, Biden tried to answer that. IRS sends you money. The, the Joe Manchin wants a work requirement with your enhanced uh, tax credit for, for kids. Is that something you would support? No. Uh, here's the deal. All these people are working anyway. And by the way, are they? You know, why should somebody who is not working? And what's the problem with the requirement? Has a, uh, you know, uh, makes a, has a, a million dollar trust fund. Why should they get the benefit, and someone making sixty grand and not working but staying home? Why should they not get anything? Who's making sixty grand and staying home? A B, like you just pointed out, Chase, if if everybody's working that's going to get this, then what's wrong with the requirement to make sure everybody's working to get this? Nikki, does any of this make sense to you? Do you think Biden just doesn't know what he's talking about or do you just think, think he can't articulate it? So this is a conversation I was having with a friend recently. Yeah, what he, what he said made made no sense. Um, and Or I would like to apply for the job where you don't work and make $60,000 yeah, a year. Exactly. But, yeah. but this this... Like, is this an act? And if so, how much? Um, because to believe that we are okay or the powers that be are okay with someone clearly senile, holding the, the highest position in, in public office, uh, to, to think that we're okay with that and we're giving him this responsibility is absurd. And, and, to think that someone who has been a successful politician for so many years is just suddenly 
declined. I mean, that's a possibility, but I, I just, there's a part of me that wonders if this is an act and if, if it is a big red herring, if it's something that gets us uh, outraged and we joke about it and we're like, oh my God, he makes no sense. Meanwhile, he's not answering any of the questions. We're not talking about any of the real issues or finding out what's actually going on, where this money is going, what the plan actually is. We're just sitting here talking about how he makes no sense, which is fun. But I also have to wonder, like, is this a strategy? I don't know. Is that crazy? Well, I mean, it's just it's almost in, uh, it's almost incomprehensible to look at it at face value and not to start think these things because it seems too bizarre to be reality if it's if it's real the way it's being presented. Here's Biden continuing to try to explain away Joe Manchin. Joe Joe's not a bad guy. I mean, he's a friend, and he's always at the end of the day come around and voted for. It. But 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 here's the point. We're in a situation now where if you are in a circumstance that you're not able to uh, provide. Well, let me cut to the chase. I'm taking too long. All right. So, Chase, that was just an cut example of, of uh, Biden get, talking himself to a point where he doesn't remember what he's talking about and uh, has to try to change the subject to to Nikki's point there and act. Uh, an, an, an incompetent um, elderly man who shouldn't be in the White House or both? You know, I was reluctant for a long time to make any sort of claims or accusations about um, Joe Biden's cognitive ability, but there's just been too many screw ups. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where it's absolutely obvious to me, and maybe I'm blind or biased or uninformed on what dementia looks like or Alzheimer's or whatever's going on. But it seems remarkably obvious to me that there's there's a capacity issue there, um, and 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 I, I don't know what it's going to take for for the left to admit it, but it's it, it seems glaring. I mean, the, he he had his fists out like for for like thirty seconds straight, and I don't know if you have that clip. You probably do because it's it's going to be famous forever. And I've. I, I've known people with Alzheimer's that don't look like that, that look better. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to say, really, other than it's just alarming. Right. Well, here's more evidence, Britt. IRS data shows that the top 5% of income earners pay 60% of the income taxes in this country. I hear you repeatedly <sighs> say that the wealthy are not paying their fair share of income taxes. What is the percentage of income that you believe is fair? Present tax code, the highest tax rate is 35%. You're in a circumstance where corporate America is not paying their fair share. And I come from the corporate state of the world, Delaware. Now, here's the deal, though. You have 55 corporations, for example, in the United States of America, making over $40 billion. Don't pay a cent. Not a single little red cent. But at least pay your fair share. Chip in a little bit. Well, let me, fo let me, so let me follow up, because Kirsten Cinema, who you mentioned, Senator Cinema, is opposed to any... Okay, so when Anderson Cooper interrupts him here, that's because he'd, he'd meandered through word salads for about three minutes, didn't address the question that the man asked. The man asked, how much is enough? You know, the, the top 5% are paying 60% of all the income taxes. How much should they be paying if that's not enough? Um, Britt, the other thing is that uh, it, it's not the top income uh, bracket is not 35%, as Biden says in that. It's 37%. He also talks about 55 corporations that don't pay one cent. Not one cent. Uh, but that's not true either. 
they may not pay income taxes because of the way their their tax accounting works out, which I'm sure it's done legally. I'm sure they have accountants that take advantage of every tax law that's on the books to their advantage. But all those companies pay payroll taxes, a lot of payroll taxes. All those companies pay property taxes and local taxes and fees and regulations on the uh, you know the buildings and the plants and the and the facilities that they have to operate. The employees that they have all match the payroll taxes and all pay their income taxes. So to impugn them solely is a little disingenuous too. Look, I. <clears throat> I understand that 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 the poorer people of the world look at these big corporations and get very upset with them not paying uh, any income tax. Some of them don't, but it's that is because they don't understand how the tax system works. I mean, number one, those corporations paid a lot of money to those politicians to pass those loophole laws for them to use. It's all legal, and they do it. Um, but uh, I'm losing my train of thought. Man, I'm pulling a Biden right now. Um, I want to say something about Anderson Cooper. So the White House was looking. They know they got to get Biden out in public. They were looking for a safe place to take him. So they figured, hey, we should take him to the Communist News Network, CNN. And they took him there. And Anderson's job was to keep Joe Biden on the rails. And whenever he meandered, Anderson would step in and and, and help him out and guide him and get him back on the tracks. Um, as to what is enough for the Democrats, they want it all. They want the government to control it all. They want communism. They want the government to tell the companies what they have to do, and, the, and they control everything because they know more than us. That's what's enough to them. Central party communist control, just like uh, the USSR was, was back in the day, which never works, or what Cuba is, which doesn't work, you know, kind of what Venezuela slid into, which doesn't work. That's what they want. And he just he, he's smart enough not to say it. And I also think this is... Not Joe Biden's act, but whoever's controlling the situation behind the scenes, they know what Joe Biden is, and they're using him as this befuddling fool to keep us distracted while they're doing nasty shit behind the scenes. Well, here's, a, here's another example of Anderson Cooper having to bring Joe Biden back to uh, the room, if you will. A gigantic disadvantage. Mr. President, the, so, the, the question was on the, the on community colleges, no, I, no, I, which, which, which was a big campaign promise that that you made you talked about that along oh, the campaign I, I, trail yeah and I'm, I'm gonna get it done and if i don't i'll be sleeping alone for a long time but here's the deal so far mr manchin and one other person has indicated they will not support free community college the the need for anderson cooper nikki to bring joe biden back to the question back to the topic uh, it was almost every single question because his answers just got into this rambling bunch of figures that he must have read on a note card before he walked out onto the stage. And it really didn't necessarily have anything to do with the question that was currently being asked. Uh, well, bless him, Anderson, for trying to keep Grandpa Grandpa Joe on, <laughs> on track. Like it really has that vibe of like a really awkward family event where, you know, some, your, your drunk grandpa is giving a, a toast yeah. and you're all like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like cut him off, mm. cut his mic. Um, but no, I think I, I don't I don't know what to say that hasn't been said and and I, I agree I think that we need to look more behind behind what he's saying and and try to find out actual facts about the questions that Andrew Anderson is legitimately asking because he he's not giving us any answers 
Here is one of the impartial uh, attendees of the event asking a very impartial question. Uh, President Biden, I had so much faith in your election win, but based on history, the bipartisan efforts of the Democratic Party are held hostage by rogue moderates and Republicans. Why not do like the Republicans and usher through the Democratic agenda? Chase, what does he mean, why not do like Republicans and usher through the Democratic agenda? What's he refer Do you have any? I could I not come up with what he's referring to as a time where the Republicans just ushered through their agenda in spite of resistance from the Democrats. I don't remember that time. I don't understand how they thought they could possibly get away with having the mayor of Chicago participate in a Q&A. <laughs> in. Is that who that was? No, but it looks a lot like her. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I put it put it back uh, up President here. President Biden, I have so much faith it. in your election you can win. See, you can see Lori Lightfoot in there. Yeah, but, but in all oh seriousness, I don't know what he's talking about. And is he saying, screw democracy, screw having enough votes to get something done, just do it anyway? Is that what this man is saying? It seems like it. And... The, the funny thing is the the left always brags and brags and brags about democracy and always leans on that word as like a safe word. And then when they get into power, nothing that they really do is democratic in the, in the way that they do it. And I think Republicans are, are sometimes guilty of this too. But I, I really struggle with that word because democracy seems like such a great thing on the surface. But people forget that this is not a democracy, and in no in no time in history has a democracy not eventually led to a tyranny. And uh, democracy, frankly, I don't want to say something unpopular or offensive here, but I'm adamantly opposed to democracy because that you can't possibly be an advocate for democracy and minorities because the definition of a, of a democracy is that the majority always trumps the minority, right? Absolutely. So, I, like, like if you look at the if you look at the beating, if you look at the beating of Rodney King. That is an example of a democracy. There's a group of people who all agreed to violate an individual's rights. And if you don't support individual rights, you don't support minority rights because the individual is the greatest minority of all. That's absolutely right. And I often use the analogy, a democracy is like two wolves and a sheep voting on what's going to be for dinner. And you know who's going to lose. The minority mm -hmm. will always lose. And the republic that we have and the constitution that defines the republic we have is there to protect the minority, whether that minority is 49% or that minority is 9%. It doesn't matter. The point of the republic is to protect the minority. And you're right. We do not have a democracy, and we would probably rue having a democracy. Um, great point. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? Where did I leave off on this thing? I, we had Lori Lightfoot there. Uh, let's go to... Uh, um, okay, so this is Biden trying Girl, to explain. I just got it. I just got it. You saw the picture. <laughs> I'm. Uh, this is Joe Biden trying to explain why people aren't flocking back to work because of his amazing economic recovery. People are now using this as an opportunity to say, wait a minute, do I want to go back to that $7 an hour job? I won't name the particular restaurant chain, but they found out when they, they couldn't hire anybody. When they found out they started to pay 20 bucks an hour, everybody wanted to go back to work. Not a joke. So what you see is wages are actually up for those who are working. Because for the first time, 
in a long time, employees are able to bargain. You're the boss. You want me to work for you? What are you going to pay Please. me? How are you going to do it? I'm not being facetious. First of all, his new his new catchphrase is not a joke. Not he says that like after every sentence. Um, but it, but Britt, you know, he's talking about the fact that um, people aren't going back to work because before the pandemic they were making I don't know if these numbers are real, but seven bucks an hour, and now they realize they don't want to go back to work for seven bucks an hour, so they will hold out for twenty. Uh, and then they're trying to question why inflation is out of control, and they're also trying to. Uh, Say that these people are making these pay, people are making more money when in fact they aren't because inflation has eaten up more of their income than they've gained through these gains. Yeah, no, um, uh, the gains in uh, uh, in wages this last year has been like what one point two percent something like that, but inflation is somewhere north of eleven or twelve percent. So you basically lost ten percent in the value of your dollar, the power of your dollar. Um, there's a Del Taco right around the corner from me. Uh, where I live right now, I've been here a little over two years. I have gone there for two years, probably three, four times a week. I love Del Taco for breakfast when I'm headed out to work. I get the same thing every morning. A green burrito with sour cream, a spicy jack quesadilla, and a large Coke. When I started doing it, and I pay attention to this, when I started doing that two and a half years ago, it was like $6.12. The other day, I just paid almost uh, almost 11 bucks. So uh, it was almost 10 bucks. So it's gone up like four bucks. In less than two years. So whatever that percentage, I mean, so you want to pay people more money? They're just going to pass the price on to you. Therefore, you're not making more money. You want to make more money, figure out a skill that commands more money. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Being a cashier at Target, making hamburgers at McDonald's on the fry line is not a life-supporting, family-supporting job. That is an entry-level job for kids, kids who are learning how to work. When I say kids, I mean up into the 20s. It's not a family-supporting job. It's, there's a reason for entry-level jobs. And as you get more experience and you move up and then you become a shift supervisor or, or a, a department supervisor at a – like I, my first official job was at Kmart. If anybody remembers Kmart, Blue Light Special. <laughs> I used to do the Blue Light Special. Hey, I'm in Sporting Goods tonight, and in aisle nine, we have the fishing lures on sale. Blue Light Special. Look for the flashing blue light. It's 50% off. I used to do that, and I worked myself up to a manager position of the sports department in a Kmart. But I started off as a damn stock boy at like $3.10 an hour. It wasn't meant to support my family because, God forbid, I had a family at 16 years old. And that's what these fucking morons don't understand. Or they do understand. They just don't care because they know if they tell the poor, uneducated, because they have shitty education because that's what the Democrats do, shitty education. They know that if they say, we're going to give you more money and we're going to fight for your 20. And all they say, oh, so I'm going to have more money in my paycheck. But they don't understand inflation. They don't understand that, oh, I got this $20 an hour. But shit, that Big Mac just went... Hey, shit, JV, do you remember the first McDonald's value meal cost? It was like dollar no. thirty-five or something like that. Now they're almost ten bucks. You know? So so you got that raise, but everything else goes up. Yeah. And that's what we need. We as the educated people, educated people here. Educated, yeah. This is what we need to articulate to the educated, to our youngins, to our young kids, to the younger folks. Like I I teach this shit to my kids who are I have 18-year-old twins and a 14-year-old. I talk to them about this stuff. I, when I, when, when my finances are up and down because I work for myself and I have to wait for money, chase money, all that kind of stuff, I articulate that to them so that when they hit the real world, they know what the hell's going on and they are really bright about it. One kid wants to work for himself because he sees you can make more money, you just got to budget properly, and the other kid doesn't want to do that, wants to just go work for someone and get a paycheck every Friday. So 
But that's what we have to do. We, these people that are watching this show on the show, we have to articulate to the youngins, this is how it works. Because right now what they're doing, they're just going to run us into the Venezuela world. and We're going to all be eating out of ditches. Nikki, this is the number two reason that Biden had as to why people aren't taking jobs right now and why there's such a labor shortage in the country. It's a long clip, but I think this is rather profound. The third thing that's out there. Okay, it's the third there's thing. There's a circumstance that exists where people are really worried about uh, what they're going to do. I mean, how, how, how can I say this? How many people do you know, and maybe some in this audience, who because of what you've been through, a loss of a husband, wife, brother, mother, father, son, whatever, or you've had something that's really impacted you with COVID, that you really find yourself just down? I mean, just down. And so there's a lot of people who are just down. Think of this. If you're graduating from Morgan State, okay? Uh, well, guess what? You didn't have those great dances the last four years that you'd have before you went out. No, I'm not joking. You didn't have those great dances the last four years. I think he's talking First about... First of all, that's racist. Yeah, I think he's talking about COVID. <laughs> I think he's talking about COVID. And I think it's only been, you know, sock hops, <laughs> two years. I mean, 18 <laughs> months, whatever. But he said four years. But the other thing, this whole idea that um, America's depressed, that's why nobody's going back to work. Do you think this is a way to explain away his poll numbers in a sense? Yeah, may, perhaps. Uh, I mean, first of all, I love how his whole um, demeanor is if he's giving some groundbreaking inspirational TED talk and saying like, PhD economics level teachings, the fact that people can negotiate their pay rate. I mean, that's just true. That's always been true. It's not, it's not because of, you know, COVID or, or, or people. I mean, yes, it's true that now they have the choice of unemployment, which was a, a, a pretty penny in its prime. I don't know if it still is, where it was more um, lucrative to not work than to work. So yes, that's a factor. But people can always negotiate their pay rate and choose not to go to work if they don't like what what it is. But yeah, this this whole I, I guess he's trying to relate to the audience and um, show that he he understands emotional range. You know, it's it's like, but I, I'm not convinced. Britt, another example of how he needs Anderson Cooper's help here. What I've recently done, and people said or doubted we could do, get it done, I was able to go to the private portion with 40% of all products coming into the United States of America on the West Coast go through uh, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long or? Beach, thank you. Chase, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? He just, I mean, he just loses it, yeah, I you know? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, can, I'd like to say something on the um, on the inflation minimum wage. Yeah, go. Um, uh, topic, too, if I, if you don't mind. So there's a couple of things going on here that, that seem interesting to me. So I used to think that the reason politicians do what they do is because they are trying to leverage their power in order to get as many campaign donations as possible so they can stay in power. However, I've recently come to believe that 
what's actually going on is it's not about the campaign donations. It's about the performance of their personal stock portfolios, right? And so what we're seeing here is a major emphasis on success and profitability in policy, uh, 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 catalyzed by policy, right? For only companies that are publicly traded, because this is a very easy way for politicians to make a bunch of money, right? So if one in three uh, congressmen is invested in Pfizer, they've had a hell of a year, for example, right? And and so what I think what we're seeing happen here is we have these we have this government spending, and every time the government spends money, they have to print money in order to do it, right? They sell bonds. And when they sell the bonds, the Fed prints the money. And every time the money's printed, the value of the currency goes down, right? And so what then happens is you have these major change, these major corporations that are big enough to be publicly traded. They don't care about minimum wage hikes, right? So if the cost of living goes up, it's an excuse to drive minimum wage rates up. And then these corporations go into these communities and none of the small businesses can afford to pay a higher minimum wage. But Amazon can, they don't care. Facebook can, In-N-Out Burger can, or you know, I don't want to throw In-N-Out under the bus or particularly, but these major companies can afford to pay and are happy to pay the higher minimum wages. And they're doing it because they know it's snuffing out all competition, right? And in the real tragedy of this, in my opinion, is that when you raise the minimum wage, what you're actually doing is forcing business owners to to make the calculation, is this person going to be productive enough for my company to justify me paying them this rate, right? So if you're an untrained, unskilled person and you really need a job and the minimum wage is $17, $25 an hour and you go in to apply, you might be in a situation where the guy's like, look, I would love to hire you, have you work here for $10 an hour and then in a year maybe promote you, you'll get some experience, some training so you can earn more later on. But that person with that higher minimum wage is never gonna be able to do it. And so what this actually inadvertently does is it harms the most vulnerable all while being branded as helping that person the most. And I think it's a really dishonest thing that these politicians are doing in order to just boost their stock portfolio. It's terrible. Great points. Britt, this is is more of an emotional uh, clip here. Um, I want your reaction to what the audience does here. Should police officers, emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, By the way. So, by the way. Anderson Cooper asks him if first responders basically should be fired for not getting the vaccine because of the mandates. He says yes. And the audience erupts in applause. What do you think those yeah, those members very- of the audience would do when they dial 911 and they can't get anybody to respond to their emergency because of this? Well, they would they would they would be confused. They would be really confused because they don't understand how their actions have consequences. Uh, that audience, if you look at it, was probably a, a pretty much an upper class audience that doesn't have to deal with real real life problems out on the streets where the poor neighborhoods that need the police officers and the first responders there, because that's where the violence happens. That's where the crime happens. Um, because again, the Democrats have a real bad grasp on how to educate and run a city. Um, but, but first responders can also be ambulance drivers too. Just remember that. And you know, uh, upper class white people have heart yeah, attacks. No, no, that's too. what I'm saying. Right. But, 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 you know, but, like Chicago, where they have 55 shootings a week, that's not happening in Beverly Hills. Right. So they, they only need, in Beverly Hills, well, although Beverly Hills is older, but they probably only need three ambulances, where Chicago needs like 97. So it, it is, they're just liberal, white, 
they feel guilty because they're successful. And uh, but the other thing is this this brainwashing on the COVID thing. There's this full court press from all angles, big tech, Facebook, the media, uh, the print media, the politicians is drilling into a group of people who do not get outside their bubble. I listen to a lot of liberal stuff. And I listen to a lot of conservative stuff and everything in between. So I'm well-rounded on what the hell is going on. But the vast majority of liberals absolutely will not watch like a Fox News or a Newsmax or OANN or our kinds of shows. They will not. They absolutely avoid it. And if I – like, because I run in a very liberal circle. If I even try to mention anything that counters their point, they just shut me down as a racist. They don't want to know. So they believe that COVID kills you at 80%. So to them – for the first responders to get let go because they're not taking the pandemic serious, they they they're they're all in on that, and they think they don't understand why they the people won't get the vaccine. They don't get it. They 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 also don't know that the vaccine doesn't work. They don't know that. They don't know that forty percent of the people in the hospital are fully vaccinated. They don't know that because none of the news outlets they watch tell them the truth. They tell them a narrative. So that's why they respond the way they respond. And you know what? I'm all for it. I, you know, Chicago's down like 780 officers. They cannot hire the replacements. That's why crime's going up so bad for them. But there are other places where officers are walking off the job uh, in, 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 you know, suburbia land. And response times are getting longer and longer, and crime is going up and up. And at some point, that's got to break. I don't know what – I don't know, man. I'm I'm really confused about they're intelligent people, but they're dumb. Yeah. Uh, Anderson Cooper continues to talk to Biden about that particular issue, Nikki. And you probably most people who have seen clips of this, this, uh, this town hall have probably seen this clip, but it's worth playing. One are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. Have you ever in your life, Nikki, or in your study of history of presidents of the United States, ever seen a president make fun of freedom or people that believe in freedom like that? Have you ever seen that? No, that that's, yeah, that's really disturbing. Um, and just going back to the, to the earlier point about, you know, people in, in certain circles and, and demographics thinking absolutely doctors, nurses, first responders should be fired if they don't get the vaccine. I think it's it's a particularly interesting um, group of people to to make that judgment for, since they have been the ones dealing with COVID this entire time. If anyone, in my opinion, has the authority to make an educated, responsible decision for their own health and has seen, experienced, uh, you know, really felt the detrimental effects of the virus on families, on communities. It's people who have been working in the hospitals and first responders. So, so to think that, you know, that, that you should be able to tell them that you know more about like, oh, well, COVID is this awful thing and it's hurting all these people and they would be hurting people if they don't get the vaccine is absolutely arrogant and absurd. Uh, the next, I, I, I'm skipping a bunch of these because we're, we're already over time here, and I knew this was going to take a while. Um, but this is another questioner. This is another uh, man asking a question of Biden, and it's rather telling. You received overwhelming support from the black community, and rightfully so, rightfully so. 
But now many of us are disheartened yep. as we watch a Congress fail to support police reform. We watch our voting rights vanish before our very eyes. Mr. President, my question is, what will you do over the next three years to rectify these atrocities, secure our democracy, and ensure that freedoms and liberties that all Americans should be entitled to? Chase, before I let you address that clip, I just want to point out something this man said and something that Biden said just prior to that. What will you do over the next three years to rectify these atrocities, secure our democracy, and ensure that freedoms and liberties that all Americans should be entitled to? Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you. Just to point out that just a moment ago, he was mocking freedom. And now you have this questioner asking about what are you going to do to secure our freedoms? Uh, the, the questioner uses words like atrocities, like watching our voting rights evaporate in front of us. First of all, can you point to where our voting rights are evaporating or disappearing or disintegrating, whatever word he used there? And uh, can you point to any atrocities that he might be referring to? Well, I think with the <clears throat> with the voting rights uh issue that man was likely referring to legislation recently passed in several states to in an effort to make um uh voting more secure and raise confidence in the uh, sanctity of the election process and for the atrocities thing that he was pointing out in reference to the police officers i think he was probably referring to what happened to george floyd last year uh, but i i think what's being neglected though what he's saying lines up with the corporate media and, and political narrative are the actual facts, right? So if you look at the numbers in terms of police shootings, and if you look at the numbers in terms of, okay, what the, the actual data of the legislation, what's what's actually in it getting in the way of people being able to vote, there's nothing there. I mean, police shootings of minorities and, and unjust shootings have been on a steady decline for the longest time. And really what, what's shameful to me is that when you decrease the number of police in a community, and don't get me wrong, I, the police aren't always, are not always A plus people. They're, they're bad apples. You know, when, when the government's tyrannical, obviously the cops are enforcing tyranny, right? So I'm not just universally pro-cop, but I am pro-cop in, 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 in a legitimate uh, civilization or a legitimate uh, a city or society, right? And, and when you take these, when you, when you reduce the number of cops that are in an area, it increases the amount of stress on the existing cops that are there, which makes them more likely to make mistakes. And frankly, we're, at a, we're in a position now where it's like, okay, what kind of a person is willing to be a cop now, right? Like, are you stupid? Are you desperate? Do you really love the power? Because all the incentives that formerly existed for reasonable, healthy, normal people to consider becoming a, a law enforcement officer have vanished. So to me, it seems like everyone that's left, it's like, why? Like, what kind of person are you, right? Yeah, and that's what we're seeing across the nation. Britt, I've got one more clip. I'm going to give it to you if you want to go around about something. I'm going to save everything else I have for our next program. Uh, but this is this is just a little bit uh, more bizarre than the rest. Because we only have a few minutes. He and I went out to the Secret Service racetrack. He had a brand-new Corvette his, his family bought him, his kids bought him. And I have a 67, 327, 350. And we raced. He's talking about Colin Powell there, you know, remembering something yeah. fond about Colin Powell. The Secret Service has a racetrack? 
He said he went yeah, out. They, he, they went out to the Secret Service racetrack. <laughs> Why does the Secret yeah, Service have a racetrack? Why do they have one? Well, and secondly, when we're starting to look for things to cut from the budget, I think I just found something that should be at the top of the list. Well, it's not a racetrack per se, like they're on their racing, but it's where they train how to uh, how high speed to chase, escape and maneuver. Kind of I mean, it yeah, high speed. Well, not not chasing. It's more about because uh, the Secret Service doesn't chase, but it's about evading. It's to, to drive the beast, the limo, how to drive it backwards, spin it around, do all the kind of crazy shit you see in the Michael Bay movies. Uh, they practice to do. I've been on that track. It's actually pretty badass. Um, but that clip, did you notice how he lit up? It's all of a sudden like he was alive. Yeah. Because he's remembering his Corvette. I mean, he loves that Corvette. You could so I, I I look at something like that, you see something that he truly enjoys and wants to be. And then and then and you see him light up and become alive. And then when he's talking about government crap, he just shuts down. Yeah. He's just like blah, 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 blah. So it makes me you know, it's like he's being told what to do over there, but this he really loves, but I'm being told it's so fuck it, I don't want to oh, I'll just muddle through this because I have to do ice cream. I want my ice cream. <laughs> um real quick. Real quick on the CDC stuff. I uh, just rolled through. I just it just popped up a little news ticker. So last week's CDC data: forty percent of all deaths in America last week of CD of uh, COVID were fully vaccinated. Forty percent, seven thousand one hundred and seventy-eight vaccinated deaths from COVID. So whenever we hear the thing where it's I'm vaccinated doing it, no, it ain't. The 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 the, the vaccine doesn't work. Uh, people are dying equally. So here we go. I do have one thing I want to go around on. Because it just happened and it pisses me off. So here's a quick here's a quick photo. Uh, Mr. Biden going and Mrs. Mrs. Biden they're they're going to Delaware. Got to get his medical treatments off the books, so they go to Delaware so that they don't have to sign the doctors in and whatnot. But that's not what pisses me off, Chase. I'm like whatever. I, yeah, I know. Um, I've been pretty good tonight. You've only had to play that a couple times. Yeah, only twice. Um, but what actually but what actually pisses me off, Chase, is we spent four hundred fifty five thousand dollars to build a wall around. His home, the security perimeter, $455,000 so that he can go to Delaware. Why do walls work for him but not the country? Oh, snap, <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think, that there's, I think that there's a correlation here between the personal wall for Joe Biden and the, the, the border wall as there is to vaccine mandates and Joe Biden's health, right? I've got a theory that the only reason Joe Biden wants everybody to get vaccinated is because he knows that he will die if he gets it. And that the only way to ensure that he doesn't get it is if these fake vaccines work and everybody gets them, right? So, so, so that, that's, been my, that's, been my, that's been my working theory. <laughs> All right, I'll go with that. So, so Nikki, so... Uh, they're trying to pass a bill in the Senate, in the, in the House, actually, in the Congress, to take funds away from the Border Patrol to patrol, so that so they're going to take away money away from patrolling, and use that to tear down the wall that Trump built. But yet we're building a wall around Joe Biden's home, and the Democrats don't see the hypocrisy in that. I had a thought though when he was talking <laughs> about the racetrack and. I mean, Britt, you're saying that that's kind of a common knowledge. It's a training thing. But I had a I had a yeah. similar instinct to JV of like, what what is this? And should he be talking about it? And like, do you he has to know? Do they tell him state secrets? Like, do, is he entrusted to actually know what's going on? And then I was thinking, no, like he he obviously can't 
be trusted to string a sentence together, but may, what if maybe he's being drugged? Mm. Do you think? Well, he's definitely being drugged. But yeah, but is for, it uppers or downers? That's the question. Him up or yeah. Down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, I don't know. But, just, but, but, if you, but that's a damn really good question, off. Nikki. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, continue. Uh, I, for, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, but but, but is it, no, it's a, it's a damn good question because he is the president of the United States. We elected him. The Congress certified the election. He is the arbiter of what's top secret and what's not. I mean, he's the guy. So he can really talk about whatever he wants. I mean, unless there really is a cabal telling him what to do, but really he could talk about what he wants. And just so you know, the, the, the training track is not top secret. I mean, every police department has them. Every, you know, they all have them. Um, it's how they train. So, but, you know, for him and Colin Powell to get out there and race, I would have kind of liked to have seen that. Yeah, he said Colin Powell kind of cool, lost, he, that he won. Colin Powell lost only because Colin Powell was afraid of the way he drove, which <laughs> makes perfect sense if, you, if you're paying attention. Uh, well, and the other thing is, Colin Powell's passed, so he can't refute that's Biden. True. So that's whether true. Biden won or not, he's going to say he won. That's true. I just want to make a couple quick comments, and we're going to call in a night here, about what you said there. I mean, you brought, you brought up the wall issue. It was a great point. Uh, and the Democrats clearly believe in law, walls. They put a wall around Biden's house in Delaware, and they put a wall around the Capitol when they felt they were threatened, and they didn't want uh, American citizens accessing their house of government. So they clearly believe in certain walls. They just don't believe in all the walls, or they don't believe in the walls that actually interfere with their policies, and the border wall would interfere with their policies because they want people crossing that border. And I also want to point out this. As you showed a video of, or whatever it was, still a video, I'm not sure what it was, but Biden getting on Marine One and heading back to Delaware, the president in this town hall, and I have the clip, but I'm not going to play it, said that he hasn't had time to get to the border. He's been so busy as president, he hasn't had time to get to the border. Yet he has been back to Delaware. This will be the 21st weekend of his nine months of being president that he's gone back to Delaware for the weekend. He worked three official days this week. He has also spent 10 weekends at Camp David. So for him to say he hasn't had time to go to the border where there's a national catastrophe happening, uh, and yet he has spent 35, whatever that number works out to be, how many did I say, 20 and 10? So 30, 21, 31 weekends on vacation, basically. Uh, there's something very wrong with that as well. So um, that's how that's how we'll end it tonight. Nikki, thanks so much for being here tonight. It's great to have you here twice in one week. It's a real treat for us. Thank you. Likewise, thank you. And, and thank third you. Show today. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's yeoman's work. And uh, also, Nikki, thank you for introducing us to Chase. Chase, great addition to our group here tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. It was really a pleasure. All right. So Brett, we have to do subscribe, follow. What do we have to do? What are all the things? You know, the so, things, um, you know, uh, the things, the things, the things, um, subscribe, follow, subscribe. <laughs> well, now, you, now I can't even say, it. uh, <laughs> yeah, we need you to subscribe and follow multiple platforms. You know, we got nuked off of YouTube. We don't know if we're going back there or not, but you know, we can get nuked off of Twitch. We can get new, uh, D live and, and D live rumble and Foxhole are free speech platforms. So we won't be going anywhere from there. Um, I personally am loving Foxhole. Uh, which is also pilled. If you go there, and you see pilled. Pilled is the engine that Foxhole runs on. Uh, I like that place because you can give us ships. Um, now this show we're not going to do it, but our other show, if you give us a ship, I'll take a shot of rum because Woo. it's a pirate ship. Woo. Um, yeah, 
So uh, for the page, for Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll get drunk by the end of the show, oh, probably. Boy, oh, and God boy. knows. What and I'm you do know that. that I told you yeah, earlier you know. today that I've just lined up a lot of a bunch of serious interviews for Tuesdays and Thursdays, and now you're going to add rum to this. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it'll, it'll, it'll depend on who we're interviewing. If we're interviewing the flag guy, I'll be drunk all day long because <laughs> that guy will be drunk with us. You what should, was his, I forget his you name. You should get what Elizabeth Warren's uh, husband. To hand you the rum shots. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, his name was Scott Lobato. <laughs> slap my ass on the way by. Scott Scott Lobato Scott was Lobato. his name. Yeah. Thanks for being. Yeah, thanks for being here. Scott Lobato. <laughs> yeah, smack me on the ass. Okay, honey. Um, but hey, hey, Chase, you have your own podcast, your own show. Uh, where can people find you yes, on sir. your own show? Uh, it's one American podcast, American with an N on the end, and I uh, I am on all streaming platforms, audio, so Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, and uh, live stream on my personal Twitter feed, which is at Real Chase Geyser, as well as YouTube. Uh, so you can find me there by typing One American Podcast or my name, and uh, I'll come up for sure, or OneAmericanPodcast.com. Awesome. There we go. Nikki, got, Nikki, were any of the, the show, any the of the shows that you did today, anything you want to promote? I know you're working on your own podcast, right? I am. Uh, yeah, I was on with um, Carrie from Unsafe Space. They have like a, a Friday live stream called Coffee Break, and uh, it, it, it was live today. Coffee, right? Exactly. Um, it was live today, but people can can watch it on Unsafe Space's YouTube channel. Terrific. All right. So don't forget tomorrow and Sunday, we'll be running all of this week's programs uh, in succession uh, on, a, on a loop. So you'll be able to check them out. And we've had some really great response to people who haven't been able to catch the shows during the week. On the weekends, they get to catch them all back to back to back. So that'll start happening again tomorrow morning. You can look for that on all of these streaming platforms. And just to put an, an exclamation point on what Britt said about uh, subscribing or following on other platforms, in addition to the ones that we get kicked off of, which requires you to have a backup, sometimes... Uh, like the other night, Rumble just didn't work for us. Uh, sometimes these platforms have issues of their own, so you need to. If you're if you were a Rumble subscriber that night and you didn't have a backup, you wouldn't have been able to find us. So it's good to subscribe in a couple different places. That's going to do it for tonight. Weekend review over the weekend. We'll see you again on Monday night, and look forward to that. 